everyone. Welcome to Exploit It. I'm Alexis Chowski. I'm Kevin Daly. And this week we're talking about Mad Max from 1979, directed by George Miller. Tomorrow, in a world gone mad. <laughs> the only law will be a renegade squad of suicidal cops. He's my prisoner, and he's not walking out that door. And the open road will be controlled by gangs of glory roaders. Max is a cop, one of the best. Where does he run to get you? Scoot jockeys? Yeah, no man trash. Mm. Well, I'll add it to my trade collection. You made the news again. Hmm. Who was he? In a road just another glory roader, I guess. Toe Cutter is a glory roader, one of the most sadistic. Anything I say, anything you say, what a wonderful philosophy you have. Take him away. I want my baby. You've not got a sense of humor. Please don't hurt my baby. You've got a pretty face, though. Both want the other dead. But only one can have his way. Mad Max. You don't want to make Max mad. Because when Max gets mad, he gets even. American International presents Mad Max, the maximum force of the future. So the classic exploitation film, Mad Max. George Miller has made some bangers. Oh, he has. I didn't even know. Like I was looking at, like, holy shit, he did Lorenzo's Oil, he did the Babe movies, Happy Feet, all the Mad Max movies. I'm like, dude's super underrated. He is, and it's he's very uh, varied. Yeah, I mean, Babe is pretty different than Mad Max. Yes, quite different. Very different movie. But Mad Max, that was like his first time out. Yeah. And one thing that catches me with this movie, it says music by Brian May. Okay, I'm not the only one who went, that, is it that Brian May? No. And I had to like pause the movie and look up, and no, this is a Brian May, an Australian composer, not Brian May from Queen. Not the, not the, not the guy from Queen. No. Yep. Which is a little sad, I was hoping it would be like, that would be sick. <laughs> yep, that would be awesome. But Mad Max takes place, as the movie says, a few years from now. That's the best, like, time thing. It's like, no matter when you watch it, it's still a few years from now. <laughs> yeah, although the the series for Mad Max is known for post-apocalyptic, this one, it's not, it's it's on the verge of apocalyptic. It's like the uh, anti-apocalyptic phase. Yeah. It, right there before. Right there. Actually, <laughs> It's interesting. You don't see too many movies that are set like right on the precipice of of everything going to shit. It's not a super common uh, you know, genre. Like well, usually, you either see it like normal or post. Like you don't usually see it right at the precipice. There's don't look up. Yeah. We learned that there's five police officers left in all of Australia. Apparently. That's what it seems like, at least in this region. And they are the MFP, the Main Force Poli- Patrol. And they're hell-bent for leather. 
They are. And we learned that uh, there's a cop killer out on the loose that stole a pursuit special. And uh, he's the Night Rider. The Night Rider, who's described as a terminal psychotic. Also, apparently not related to the Night Rider that was driven by <laughs> the Hoff. No, that one was spelled with a K. Yep. And Knight Rider, well, since he stole a cop car, he's screaming on the radio is his manifestos. Yeah, he's just basically yelling, witness me, like, from Fury Road. He is, because he's like, do you see me, Toe Cutter? Do you see me? Yeah, pretty much exactly. So we have these two other police officers, and one of them says, like, I want to drive the goddamn car, and the other's like, oh, that's blasphemy. I don't have to work with a blasphemer. And I'm like, is this some sort of Aussie thing? <laughs> like, I don't understand. At this point, I decided I need to turn on the subtitles because the, Auss- the Aussie accents were getting hard to understand. And they use a lot of uh, slang. Yes, they do. Like windscreen. Yeah. Instead that makes of, sense, though. We, we'd say windshield, they say windscreen. Right. We also meet one of the other drivers, Goose, whose code name is Gosling. And, like, he's at a uh, a restaurant talking about, oh, I was chasing this guy down, and he flew through his windscreen, and it was awesome. And much like his future counterpart in Top Gun, he has a need for speed. He does. He gets in the car and joins the chase. Everyone's running after Knight Rider. He's just screaming, I'm the Knight Rider! Woo! Yeah. He's like, I'm a rock and roller at a controller. Yeah, he's, he's, he's something. And I know at one point one of the other officers is like, that's Skag and his floozy. <laughs> Skags, I guess, are the biker gangs. And that seems to be what they, they call them. And um, then there, where there's like this shot of this couple and their stupid fucking baby runs in the street. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you're like, oh, no, this this stupid fucking baby's going to get run over. Uh, they didn't kill the baby. Not no. Well, not yet. No, but, uh, their camper is fucked. Oh, yeah, their camper gets super fucked. Which apparently was actually George Miller's own personal vehicle. Sometimes you sacrifice for your art. That's how much he was into this movie. He's like, you know what? I will destroy my car for art. I think it was a good investment long term when you think about it. During all this, we're getting, uh, shots of this unseen driver that we know is going to be a badass. Yeah, well, I mean, yes. Kind of. Yeah, um, because he gets in with his Interceptor. Because all the others have cars that say MFP. His says Interceptor. And he's uh, Max Rokotonsky, played by Mel Gibson. Played by Mel Gibson, who's like 10 years old. Because good God, is he looks young in here. And he drives onto the scene and goes, Where's my script for the goddamn Maccabees? That's right. No, he's chasing after. And I have a bunch of Knight Rider quotes written down, though. I mean, why not? He uh, he says a bunch of random shit. I'm a fuel-injected suicide machine. The toe cutter knows who I am. I'm the chosen one. <laughs> this is very bizarre. Especially when you get to know toe cutter later. It's like, yeah, toe cutter's a pretty weird dude, too, but... Yeah, you'd yeah. think, like, the leader of this gang would be, like, large, intimidating, speaks in grunts. Yeah, or, like, deific, but, like, he's just kind of a weird dude. <laughs> yep. And so, Max catches up to him, and Knight Rider instant change. He starts crying. Yeah. 
Well, he like, uh, he like plays chicken with them and Knight Rider pusses out at the end and I think it broke, breaks him. And Jesse's crying and he's, his girl's like, what's wrong? And Knight Rider, what's wrong? He's like, we're fucked. We're so fucked. And, and yeah, Mad Max drives him off to, well, he's not Mad Max. He's ill-tempered Max right now. Ill-tempered Max, yeah. Slightly agitated Max. Yeah, he drives them off the road and they die. Yeah, brought into like a semi or something. I can't remember. They they blow it up real good. Yeah. And uh, then we get Max at home with his wife and his yeah. his kid that they only refer to as Sprug, which literally means is like Australian for slang for kid. Apparently, yeah. The kid never has any other name though. So the kid's name is Kid. The kid's name is Kid, which makes sense. In Road Warrior, his dog is named Dog. I was going to say, in, in, yeah, he named his dog Dog. His, he's not the best at naming things, to be honest. So their kid is named Kid. Sprug. You know, and he's venting about work. He's like, oh, hard day at work. Just another glory rider out there. Kid's over there in the corner playing with a gun. Yeah. Um, Great parents. And... They have this thing where they, like, say in sign language crazy about you. Yeah. You know, and it's sweet and romantic. And then he's off to work, and they, they've they got this new car, because Max is getting ready to quit. He doesn't like being on the police force anymore. By the way, it's really hear- weird hearing Mel Gibson speak with, like, an, Aust- an Australian accent. Like, an actual Australian accent. Not a whole lot of movies where you hear that. No. Uh, mostly when he's younger, because there's like this in Gallipoli, I think. Yeah, he it's you don't hear it very much. Like, and then once he started doing U.S. stuff, he just did shitty Scotty accent, shitty English accent. <laughs> yeah, he did Hamlet. <laughs> did Hamlet. But they've so to keep him on, uh, the 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 leather-clad police chief. Yeah, speaking of hellbent for leather, there's that guy. Yeah, that guy. He's big. Buff, leather wearing, that's the guy you would expect to lead a biker gang. That's, well, yeah, I mean, he would have fit right in with, when we get to Road Warrior, fit right in there with uh, Humongous's gang. He may actually be Humongous. That would be incredible, actually, now that I think about it. But, th- so they've got this special new car for, for Mac, that's his bribe, and I don't know the type of car. The V8. Something or other. Yeah, it's a V8. They tell him it's the Good. last of the V8s. Supercharger. And they got this guy working on it that's basically that one car geek from Fast and Furious. What was his name? Uh, shit. I don't remember. It's, a, little, a little nerdy guy. Yeah, it's basically that guy because he's all coming buckets about the engine. He's like, it's 600 horsepower and fuel ejected and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, at this point, Max sounds out. <laughs> and then he's excited about the guard. Yep, and so Toe Cutter's gang rolls into a town to pick up Knight Rider's coffin. Yeah, and uh, there's a Foster's ad, so apparently still Australian for beer, even 1979. But they, um, and it's your typical, like, kind of like Western bad guys come into town. They just, like, kind of take over the town. Yeah, I mean, both of these movies are very much Westerns. Yeah, and there's like this couple in a car having sex and they hear all the bikes and everything they're like oh let's go out and see instantly dressed by the way well i mean that's just 
super near future Australia. You just immediately get dressed whenever you want. And we're going to stop real quick for commercial break. We got those again. Hey. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the Night Rider. Do you see me, Tokata? Do you see me, man? I am the Night Rider. Born with steel in his hand and lead in his foot. Witness me, Tokata. Witness me. I am a rocker. I am a roller. I'm an out of controller. Witness me, Tokata. The Night Rider. Riding the night at the speed of light. Woo! Yeah! I am hotter than a rolling dice. Step right up, chum, and watch the kid lay down a rubber road to freedom. Do you see me, Tokata? The Night Rider! Oh, the. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. It's over. It's over. I'm a dead baby. And we're back. Yeah, so Toe Cutter, I have written down 80s glam rock cult leader. That's my note. Yeah, he's uh, eccentric. Yeah, he's flamboyant. He's got, like, frosted hair. Yeah, he definitely has got that, like, gl- yeah, glam rocker vibe to him, for sure. He's so dominating with others. Like, the guy that comes up with the coffin. It's like, who the hell are you? What are you people doing? And he's, he's very like, charismatic. Yeah, this is the Knight Rider. That is his name. Remember him. And the guy's like, yes, this is the Knight Rider. I remember him. Yeah, the Knight Rider was like his, his like, right-hand man, essentially. Yeah. And now he's grooming this new kid. What's the new kid's name? Johnny the Boy? Or is it, um... Yeah, Johnny the Boy is, like, the guy he's, like, favoring now. Yeah. The consternation of his, uh... The rest of his gang. Because there's Johnny the Boy and what was his name? Bubba Zanetti. Yeah, Zanetti keeps. Yeah, he keeps. Zanetti keeps going. He's not. You know, Johnny's not worth it. And stuff like that. And Toe Cutter's like, yeah, but do it anyway because reasons. And it's like, oh, I have this chant that they're they're as they're terrorizing the locals. <laughs> Push me, shove you. Oh yeah, says who? Push me, shove you. Oh yeah, says who? Yeah, it is, this is kind of a surreal, very surreal scene. And they're like, kind of dancing in the street with each other, like, tangoing. And... Yeah, and we also learned that they refer to the, the police department as the bronze. So they've been upgraded from copper. Yes, they're the bronze. <laughs> they're not copper, they're bronze. <laughs> they're, an al- they're a copper alloy now. And so, um, that couple that was having sex, they're like, yeah, we're gonna leave town. Because they have a pretty goddamn fancy car, I would like to point that they out. They do. I put that couple as a sweet ride. Yeah, well, they they did. And, yeah, yeah, they um they get chased down by the gang. And, yeah, it, it's... The, the dude gets it um with a meat cleaver. And then they, they, they rape the poor girl. And it's... And then there's, like, a raven watching. And I put weird rape raven. <laughs> And, let's see, there's an odd motorcycle with this chick in a bubble sidecar. I don't know what that was from. <laughs> yeah, well, there was a scene, like, they're hanging out, and 
Goose is there giving pointers to the dude in his bubble motorcycle. <laughs> Probably trying to get a threesome with the two of them. I don't know what he's up to. And so they show up at the, the scene of the crime. And that girl, she's got her trauma. And Johnny is there. He's all drugged out. Yeah, he's high as fuck. Like, there, there were some other people running naked through the field. I think that was the guy, right? He got, like, raped. Yeah. Like, he's, like, running off naked, blood on his ass, like, running off into the fucking field. And, um, so they, they're, they're arresting Johnny, who's just screaming about, The Night Rider! The Night Rider! Yeah. He's high as hell, so. And, so we go to the Halls of Justice. The very dilapidated Halls of Justice. Yeah, they are so run down and beaten up, they're looking. You could tell that society's falling apart, that the, the once noble halls of justice look like a abandoned building. Yeah, it looked like a, looked like a crack house. And they just let Johnny go. Well, they tried to pin something on him, but no one was gonna show up to testify, so the lawyers all show up and call the police chief an old man, even though the guy calling him an old man probably had 30 years on him. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? And there's like some sort of tension between the police and the court, because the court apparently just wants to not... Like, I don't know, some weird shit. And they, they don't bother to bring up the political situation again. Uh, yeah, because you could tell that there's a political statement to that about, you know, letting criminals walk and yeah. how complicated the legal process is. The thing is, since I'm not Australian, I, you know, and I didn't live in 1979, I have no idea what things were like in... 1979 Australia. But they let him go, and Goose loses his shit. Yeah, because Goose is not happy about what they did to that girl. No, no, and Johnny and just laughs, and he gets with the Toe Cutter gang, and they go off. And let's see, that they're, they're, they're hanging out on the beach with a mannequin. Yep, this is uh, another very weird scene. Yeah, because they're just, like, fucking around with this mannequin. I noted that two of the other gangsters were Mudguts and Kundalini. Ah. And Toe Cutter's not into their antics. He's just chilling. No, yeah. He says, joviality is a game of children. Yeah. This is very zen, like, uh, new age cult leader vibes to this guy. Yeah. He's very, very chill. Relaxed. And we get a scene at a dance club. Yep. Where we got a tiny white girl singing with this big black lady voice. Yep. And uh, Goose hooks up with somebody with the hump and dump and then uh, goes on a solo bike ride for reasons. The, the gang happens to encounter him because they know who he is. Right. I mean, and obviously. So they track him down and they find him. And they chase him around and they crash his bike and he burns alive. Yeah. Does not John, die. <laughs> Johnny, uh, that, that's Co-Cutter Co wants Johnny to like throw the match at him, and he doesn't want to do it at first. And Johnny finally, you know, kind of wimpily does it. <laughs> Johnny's like a weird moron, crazy. Just the drugs. Yeah. I um, think he's just an addict, a burnout. Th th there's a hint of ethic in him. Yeah, you can. I mean, you do see that he doesn't really know where he fits in, and I think with the drugs, he's just like, I'm gonna, I can't do anything else other than hang out with these losers and 
just continue to get high and do whatever. And Goose's death, much like Goose's death in Top Gun, yep. you know, Max is just totally upset, grieved. Yep. He goes to see in the hospital where apparently, you know, Goose is super mutilated. We don't see him. They just, like, kind of pull the sheet back. Yeah, he's very burnt. And he's like, that thing is not the goose. Oh, his goose is cooked. (laughs) And then I have a note here that Max's wife, whose name is Jess, by the way. That's right. Looks exactly like Jennifer Grey. (laughs) She does. She looks exactly like her. And you know what? You don't put this baby in a corner. No. Kill her in the middle of the fucking street. That's right. We'll get there. (laughs) Yeah. So he's trying to, Max is just trying to cope with all this, and, you know, he's like, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, and the chief's like, no, no, we need you, you're, you're like the last fucking cop in the world. <laughs> Pretty much, at this point, there's not many left. You know, his chief is trying the testosterone thing first, like, be a man. And that isn't working, because Max talks about, he's like, I am becoming them. You know, being out on the road, going for speed, chasing them down, I am becoming just like them. And it scares the shit out of me. And so the chief's like, well, take a vacation. Go go out to the beach, grow yourself a beard, draw flies, you know, take some time off. Which he does. Yeah. We get Max and the fam on holiday. In a very weird turn of, like, like mood of this movie. <laughs> yeah, because it's all, like, pleasant now and touching. They buy the Sprug ice cream. That's right. Oh, we're going to stop for a commercial real quick before we get into the, the next half of this movie. Hey, everybody, did the news get around about a guy named Butcher Pete? Hello, everyone. This is Butcher Pete. You may remember me from such works as Extreme Flavor and Human Extremities and Curry the Human Pancreas, making the sweet meat spicy. Today, I'm here to talk to you about toes. Human toes. You see... Once you get them separated from the foot, there's some good meat in there. So I'm here today to introduce you to the Butcher Pete brand Toe Cutter. Toes can be stubborn little piggies, and... The fuck do you mean he doesn't eat toes? His name is Toe Cutter, for fuck's sake, and he doesn't eat... No. He doesn't even cut them. Is it some kind of Aussie slang, or... Goddamn Aussie slang. I will never financially recover from this. Society is completely falling apart. Gang leaders are the only possible customers because they're the only ones with anything. Do you know how hard it is to sell anything to a marauding street gang? They're just going to take whatever they want anyway and sell. And this motherfucker out here is calling himself Toe Cutter, and he does not cut toes. Does he, like, lick them or... Nothing. Nothing at all to do with toes. Fuck! Well, if anyone else out there likes toes or cutting toes, just track down old Butcher Pete and give me a sack of bottle caps or a cup of gas or whatever the fuck we're using as currency when society ends. That is, if I haven't become some sort of fuel bitch for the outlaw motorcycle warriors. Well, here's hoping. Butcher Pete out. Get back, back, chopping at me. Yeah, because now the movie gets dark. Dark as fuck. It's pretty, yeah. I mean, it was, not that it was bright and cheery before, but... No, yeah, but... So Jess takes the baby to go get ice cream, and Toe Cutter's gang is there. And that they are taunting her. They're like, here, puss, 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 puss. And she fights them off. 
you know, and I put you a go girl in my notes. Yeah, they're just they're being gross and harassy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because their car's being repaired because she just takes off and the guy's like, "What about the tire?" Yeah, the guy's super salty about it. And apparently, when she was taking off, one guy was holding on the back and she kept going, and it tore his goddamn arm off. Yeah, well, that's what the guy gets for trying to hand the car. Yeah, because she goes back home and she's like, Oh no, oh no, it was terrible, Max. These these horrible people. And the dog is barking, barking at the car. And they're like, "But what's the dog barking at? And they go and there's just this severed arm hanging onto the back of the car. And they call somebody. They call who... a police officer named Ziggy. That's right, Ziggy. I made the I made a note about Ziggy because uh, there's a streamer I watch named Ziggy D who's also Australian and I'm wondering if Ziggy is a common nickname in, uh, in Australia. Well, it was a terrible comic strip back in the day. <laughs> He's an absolute like useless local cop. Um, just tells him I can't do nothing. Bye bye. Yeah, I'll just keep this hand. Yeah, and let's see. I have a note here about Sprague as a fat baby. He's a little thick. Yep. And they do their little crazy about you sign language again. And then we have ominous toe cutter stalking Jess. Yeah, I got like some horror film vibes here. Yeah, I put very I spit on your grave vibes because they're chasing her down through the forest. Yeah, it's we've bounced around between genres a few times at this point. And apparently there's someone called the dark one in here. <laughs> yeah, this, this I don't this this is never explained unless I miss something. Because they go, we need to call the call the dark one, call the dark one. We've got hoon trouble. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about? I'm getting like doom vibes. It's like there's so much unexplained terminology in this movie, and they never bring it up again. Yeah. So they, I still don't know who the dark one is, and I still don't know what hoon trouble means. And it, it's so like ominous. We need to call the dark one. Uh, but yeah, they chase Jess through the woods, and there's like dead animals hanging around. Yeah. And she gets out. They're like, Kundalini wants his hand back. Yeah, because they've kidnapped the kid now. And they're offering an exchange for the hand, though. It is a very odd scene. And she pulls out a gun. Because Toe Cutter's like, ew, I hate guns. Yeah, Toe Cutter has uh, some distaste for guns, which is kind of an interesting quirk. Yeah, and so Max and Jess, they get the baby back. The old lady comes out with, like, the shotgun. Yeah, and the van kind of breaks down. Yeah, very much so. Because, well, he was working on it when he found out what was going on, and so he just jumped on. So the van's still kind of broken. Yes. And Jess and the baby are caught outside, and the gang catches up to them, and they fucking run her and the baby down. Yeah, and they kill the baby. It's fucking gruesome. And um, she's salvageable, as somebody says. Yeah, that's what the doctor says. And, you know, she's she's not really. She ends up dying from her injuries anyway. Yeah. You know, so Max has now lost everything. He's he's snapped. He's become one of them, really. It's time for the vengeance. Give in to your rage. Do what you must. Yes. And he goes to the police station and takes that V8. Yep. And he goes right to, like, this mechanic and tortures the fuck out of this mechanic. 
It's at this point I go, you know what? It reminds me of scenes from Payback, which is one of my favorite movies. And I had this realization that Mel Gibson is at his peak when he does unhinged vengeance things. And you think about Braveheart, the Patriot are also revenge movies. Yep, and he is out for revenge now. And uh, he's showing what he is, uh, he is best at now. He's wearing all that leather, and I put in here that Mel Gibson had a fine ass. I'm sure he did. Yeah, and um, he knocks a bunch of bikers off a bridge. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Max gives no fucks anymore. Oh, yeah. And that is, this is, this whole sequence here becomes the standard for Mad Max movies. It is nothing but car battle. And that's really where, again, it's where the series is at its best. Yeah. Um, God, do you want to go through the climax here? Because I didn't take a lot of notes. Oh, let's see. Uh, They run into... Bubba and Toe Cutter and Max gets shot in the leg, but somehow manages to pull his shotgun up in time to shoot Bubba. Yeah. And, uh, that's, I don't, I actually don't know how it happens, but he eventually manages to drive Toe Cutter into something and kill him in the car. Because I know it ends with Johnny. Yeah, he ends up like, uh, Toe Cutter ends up like Knight Rider, just going through. Going through a semi or something. But he he singles out Johnny, and he chains Johnny to, like, this this vehicle and pours gas. Well, he sets up a fuse. Yeah. And he gives him the saw. He gives him the saw ultimatum. Yeah, it'll take you ten minutes to saw through the chain or five minutes to saw through your leg. Choice is yours. Bye. He just walked walked off as an avatar of vengeance. And, and Johnny's screaming, you're mad! You're mad! And all yeah, I could yeah. think, think of is, do you know what nemesis means? A righteous personification of vengeance made manifest by a horrible cut. <laughs> From Snatch. Yes. And um, actually, that ultimatum he gives him, Leigh Winnell, who'd made Saw... Um, admitted that that was his inspiration for Saw. Right on. Yeah. So you're right to say that that's a lot like Saw because Saw stole it. Yep, Saw before Saw. That's what I that's what I wrote. And you know we see the explosion in the background as Max is driving away. Yep. Um, we can assume that Johnny's dead. Most likely. I mean, it doesn't show up in the sequel, so. And I can't imagine. It seemed like it went off a little faster than five minutes. I don't think he got away from that. Yeah, I think he just said that to fuck with him. He was he was dead. Johnny was dead. But and that's the movie. It goes to credits after that. And this movie's a wild thing. But like, I didn't watch this movie until later. Yeah. Until this is the first time I'd seen it. I didn't watch until after Fury Road. Right. Fury Road was actually the first Mad Max movie I saw. Um, Road Warriors first, but we'll talk about Road Warrior later. That's uh, that's next. Yeah. yeah, and so I didn't expect the like. Oh, there's still the remnant of a society. It's not post-apocalyptic. Yeah, it's uh, pre-apocalyptic. <laughs> we we don't have that warriors of the wasteland aesthetic going on here. No, not yet. I mean, a little bit with the leather and some of the aesthetic is starting to pop in, but yeah, it's not. Yeah, but quite it's there. just biker gang aesthetic. Yeah. It's not how you live in the wasteland aesthetic. 
True. Uh, this movie is... It's so inconsistent. Yeah, it is. It doesn't know where it wants to be until the very end. Once it figures out what it wants to be, it's awesome. Like, that last, whatever, 30, 25, 30 minutes of the movie where Max is going off in his vengeance, like, it's awesome. It's very satisfying. But, like, early on we have some sort of weird social commentary, death racy sort of, like, collapsed society thing. And then in the middle we have, like, romantic drama thrown in for for the lulls. Yeah, and then it just suddenly turns dark with the... Yeah, suddenly, yeah, it suddenly turns into a really grim revenge movie. It's like, pick, pick a genre. Yeah, um... But I can't think of another way that the story could have been told. I, I mean, mean... I guess it depends. I mean, you could have... You could have cut out some of the beginning parts of it. Yeah, uh, oh, you could have cut the Knight off, shit. Yeah, killed off the the wife and the kid earlier on in the movie, maybe within the first, like, 20 minutes. But and then, then again, made it kind of a slow burn of revenge the rest of the movie. Their death doesn't have significance unless we've seen the romance. Yeah. I don't know. I just felt like there was three different movies here. Yeah, there <laughs> and, was. Uh, and kind of stitched together, and... And, but but it finished strong. I mean, that's the most important thing, is it did finish strong. And Toe Cutter's really not that intimidating of a villain, though. He's interesting, though. Yeah, I he's do interesting. Like he, he's not that scary, but he is quirky and odd and a little unhinged, and you're not quite sure what he's capable of. And apparently Toe Cutter, I found out, is slang. It can mean either a criminal that hunts other criminals, or <laughs> somebody that works in the police department internal affairs. Huh, so he's a ex-cop probably then. Could be. Or uh, at least someone who used to work with the cops. Yeah, because it's not like he hunts down other criminals. He gathers them and makes his cult. Yeah, that's interesting. Where apparently there's a dark one that we never see. Yeah, the, whoever the dark one is. It's probably the Satan. Those people just <laughs> went literally off. Literally, call call Satan. Those people went off and like drew a pentagram in blood and just prayed in the woods, and we just never saw that. Yeah, they're actually all Satan worshippers, turns out. <laughs> yeah. But it's a it's a good movie. Um, but you really can't watch it after the other Mad Max movies. It makes it feel so weak. Yeah, it does. Like, if this movie existed in a vacuum and there were no sequels, it'd be a fine movie. Yeah, that's been kind of a trend with some of the movies you watch, hasn't it? Where it's like, hey, this movie is pretty good, then you watch the second one, it's like, that just kind of made the first one not look good. Yeah, like with Friday the 13th. Yeah, we had that discussion very heavily about Friday the 13th and Friday the 13th Part 2. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the same thing. Unfortunately, I saw Fury Road before I saw all of these, so that's colored all of my... Uh, perception of these films yeah it would in fact i watched fury road again last night i was in the mood for it i need to watch that again so my brother hasn't seen it oh my lord you got my, it's one of the best my, movies ever my brain exploded because i was talking you know we were watching these and i was like oh yeah i watched mad max and road warrior 
It's like I was talking about Fury Road, and like I was comparing Road Warrior to Fury Road and stuff. He's like, "Yeah, my brother's Keith, name's Keith." He's like, "I, I haven't seen it." I'm like, "How the hell haven't you seen Fury Road?" My dad walks in. It's like, "Have you seen it?" He goes, "Yeah." It's like that's an awesome movie. He goes, "Yeah, right." And George Miller is working on that like prequel sequel called Furiosa, with Chris Hemsworth playing the uh, playing a Morton. <laughs> And Anna Taylor Joy playing Furiosa. Fascinating. Yeah, but I did not know about Chris Chris Hemsworth is um uh, Morton Joe. Well, well, Chris Hemsworth is Australian, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah, so it works out. Yes, he is. Um, I don't think I've seen a movie where he got to use his accent. No, he does like kind of an English accent in the Thor movies. Yeah. Like weak English. Weak English, you know that. that the the sh- the English you use when I just sound like a a fancy lad. Yeah. When you want to ask for a writing dog at a pet shop. That's right. You're a finest writing dog. <laughs> but any other thoughts on Mad Max? Uh, it's it's good. It's cool seeing um, cool seeing Mel Gibson like. As a teenager. No, he's not quite yeah. that young, but he looks like a teenager. Um, you want to see him as a teenager, you watch Gallipoli, which is a really good war movie. I had to watch it in school. And uh, Mel Gibson is literally like 16 in that movie. Uh, I like the end. The end where the everything kind of coalesces together is really good. And, and finishing strong is the most important thing, especially when you're setting up a franchise. Because it allows you to roll into the next one and, and feel feel good. It's just... Yeah, it's a little inconsistent. I mean, you know, it's his first outing, and this is a brand new, you know, IP. I don't know if it was ever intended to be a, a, a series, but I don't think it was, given how vastly different the rest of everything is. That's true. It's just, uh, you know, obviously he had some. So I think I was reading that when they were writing it, um. The 1973 oil crisis and how in Australia, I mean, this probably happened in the U.S. and everywhere, too, but if you tried to, like, skip line, you'd just, like, literally get beat to shit. Like, it was, like, what was the quote? I It was actually pretty profound and <laughs> maybe a little bit too prophetic. Uh, let's see here. If I were better at this, if I were an actual professional, I would have this written down somewhere, but. I don't, so I gotta go look it up. Let's see. This is uh, what James McCausland, who was the screenwriter, he wrote. Yet there were further signs of desperate measures individuals would take to ensure mobility. A couple of oil strikes that hit many pumps revealed the ferocity which, with which Australians would defend their right to fill a tank. Long queues formed at the stations with petrol, and anyone who tried to sneak ahead in the queue met raw violence. George and I wrote Mad Max based on the thesis people would do almost anything to keep vehicles moving and the assumption that nations would not consider the huge costs of providing infrastructure for alternative energy until it was too late. That's very true. Maybe a little bit too uh, too prophetic. Oh, yeah. That is very don't-look-up-ish. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, obviously, the gas, the gas shortages of the 70s informed this. And I think it's kind of an interesting, especially as an American. You know, and I, I don't know much about Australian history. It might have been kind of interesting to uh, to study a little bit about the, social, the political situation, the social situation in 1979 Australia that spawned this uh, this movie. Because obviously, it was not a happy time. 
Yeah, well, we are getting that nowadays. Um, well, with that huge spike in gas prices recently. Yeah. Um, and people wanting to move more towards green energy, and then other people like, no, we just need more oil. Well, if we could create more oil from nothing, then yeah, that would be great. The problem is it is, in fact, a limited resource. Yeah, it is finite. We do need renewable energy. We will run out eventually. Yeah. Um, only so many dinosaurs died, you know. Yeah, there's there's almost there's almost so much uh, <coughs> crude out there. So California is starting to establish some electric infrastructure. It's going to take a bit, though. It's a lot. It's a massive project. Yeah, and then you get people that are like, oh, no, it's it's a failing idea. But they're like, yeah, because, you know, you can't just say overnight, okay, now we're totally electric. It's right, it several, several years to build that infrastructure. At least around here, like, I see Teslas, like, actually fucking everywhere around here. And obviously, I live in a, a fairly wealthy part of the country, but, like, you can definitely see in Southern California that that uh, electricity is on the rise. Electric vehicles are on the rise. Yeah. It, you see charging stations all over the place now, too. So we'll get there, at least here. But it is, we're behind. You know, We needed to start this earlier. My work is very motivated about green energy, too. They're, they're moving more towards creating um, solar-powered air chillers and stuff. Yeah, I think the big energy companies, they see the writings on the wall. They know, and so they... They want to move it towards that too, so they can get a get a foothold in early. Yep, but that was Mad Max. Um, great movie. Yeah, so, important important movie. Nothing else. Yes, it is important. Big special thanks to Charlie McMullen, William Wright for their advertisements heard in this episode. Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what we do, make sure to leave a review and let others know. Help get the word out. For more episodes, check out our website, exploitatpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, at PodcastExploit, or on Instagram, at ExploitatPodcast, or contact us at ExploitatPodcast at gmail.com. Join us for our bonus episode as we talk about The Road Warrior, Mad Max 2.